Hi, uh, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, and this is our podcast, I Married a History Teacher. Mm-hmm. Because Lisa married a history teacher. I did on July 4th, 2017. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, now, big night tonight, Lisa. Big night. You've been building up for this for so long. I know you're excited. I'm super excited. Quite some time. All right. By the way, coming at you from our studio in Virginia. Haven't broadcasted from this studio since Game of Thrones episode. Oh, that's right. I was going to say none, but we did do one. Yeah. yeah. False Church. Pretty nice. Not enough rats in my, for my taste, though. <laughs> Are we really bringing up the rats? I rat just, pitch? I feel like we have to. That's true. We need to defend Baltimore. Yes, as we always do. Yeah, we always do and we always yeah. will. So what we if we it. have rats? The rats are part of the culture. Yeah. Also, I've lived in New York and D.C. And, like, legitimately, like, Baltimore has way less rats. Way less rats. <laughs> It was interesting. And I actually, and you, you can look it up. They, they actually do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a feeling. Yeah, it's not just a feeling. <laughs> Statistically counted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, just in light of recent events, uh, we have an episode called City Love Baltimore. I believe it's episode 13. I don't pay attention to numbering, so I don't know why you're looking at me for help. Yeah, I was thinking through. Okay. But yeah, go, just a reminder, go check it out. Yeah, check it out. And no, actually, more importantly... Well, maybe equally as importantly, sorry, I didn't mean to diss, diss that, but um, come visit Baltimore. Come yes. stay in one of our Airbnbs and come, <laughs> and come spend money, or don't, yeah. or if you stay wherever you want, and just spend money and see what the city has to offer. Absolutely, Baltimore has some very serious issues, and a lot of people, pretty much every resident in that city spends a lot of time thinking about that, um, but we all fight to make it better, and it is very much worthy of your attention and a trip. Baltimore versus everyone, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, anyway, moving on. Sorry we were off last week. Uh, we were in Chicago. Chicago. So Lisa's parents. Yep. And My mom and dad. Yeah, special shout out to the Rams Bottoms oh, yeah. um, for letting me stay at their house for five days after they just had a <laughs> newborn baby. Uh, I guess three and a half isn't a newborn anymore. Three and a half months, but... Close yeah, to a newborn. Yeah, what does qualify as a newborn? I don't even know. I don't know. A couple weeks. An infant? is. Wait, yeah. which one's younger? An infant or a newborn? I think it goes newborn, infant, toddler. Well, that's a big jump. Infant right? to a toddler? There's yeah. no in-between? Dude, they grow quick, man. Wow. Infant to toddler. Next time we're back in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. little baby Sydney is going to be like crawling around. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> She's got... Strong legs. Oh, yeah. Kicking them all over the place. Mm-hmm. She is adorable. I still think about her all the time. I'm like, I miss Sid. Yeah. She's so cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Oh, and shout out to Mama Patchell, who was also there and also listens to our podcast. Yeah. It was it know. was lovely to see you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting me stay there. And it was also, I feel like it was like great time to like, you know, because we're about to get into some, some real tough women. So like yeah. being around Patchell... For those days was great. Sarah does not mess around. She d- she doesn't take no guff from no one. No. She's a great mother. Mm-hmm. She's great in the professional world. Indeed. It's like a good, you know, ten influence. Ten. Like ten leading ten up to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's no secret. Uh, we're doing top ten most influential women of all time tonight. Um, and I'm really stoked about it, Lisa. I am too. And I, I, I'm not saying this just to be woke. You know what I'm saying? Like studying these. Are you saying women? anything just to be woke? No, that's not. You know, if you're that's saying anything to be woke, you're the opposite of woke. Yeah. Are you, or are you just woke? 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, People are doing a lot of talking these days. Everybody's chill. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm not just saying this. Mm-hmm. Studying these women was so interesting. Yeah. Their stories were so extreme. They're undertold stories. And to get where these women were, like, they had to do some shit, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, Isaac Newton, as, as incredible as he was, um, while he's the most influential human of all time, like, he was a smart British dude. You know, all he had to do was to get into school and he had all the resources in the world to do all this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, these women... That was, like, OG white male privilege. Yeah, exactly. You know, these, these women had to, like, fight... Wait, actually, that's, I don't know if that's true. I think Isaac Newton had a really tough life. Someone was, I think I read somewhere that he's, he was like kind of like an orphan almost and like didn't really, had no one in his life that loved him. He still lived late enough that if you're a smart, rich, white, or sorry, not take out rich, I have it. If you're a smart white dude, you get into a college. He was treated like a celebrity. Like he was famous when he was alive for being Isaac Newton. Huh. I mean, so he might have had it tough early on and everything. And I don't want to take that away from him or anything. Right. But like some of the people we're going to talk about had to do way more backflips to get to where they were than Isaac Newton. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, it's like, those are just, like, unbelievable feats. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes, like, Newton's ascent look like a mohel to, like, you know, a Mount Everest of a... How'd you come up with that comparison, a, a mountain to a molehill? Um, well, I'm quite clever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know this, we're, but... So we're a cliche-free <laughs> podcast... Right, yeah. <laughs> no, but the whole time I was doing this research, it, I was thinking the entire time about this Chris Rock joke that Chris <laughs> Rock used to apply to, to black people in America, but okay. applied it to women in the world. And I really want to tell this joke, but I think there's nothing clownier that a white dude can do than try to imitate Chris Rock. Good. So I'm going to tell a Chris Rock joke, like totally deadpan white guy style. Okay? <clears throat> and this right. is the joke he used to say. Right. He lived in a really nice neighborhood in New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds of really nice homes, but there's only four black families there. It was him, Chris Rock, super famous, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabrina Williams, the greatest female athlete of all time, probably. Sabrina? What'd I say? Sabrina? No, Serena Williams. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mary J. Blige, one of the best RB singers of all time, and Eddie Murphy, like one of the most famous people of all time. Right? Yeah. Those are the four black people that lived in that community. And then he said, the white guy that lived next to me was a dentist. Right? Yeah. And he said, can you imagine what a black dentist would have to do to be able to live in that neighborhood? And then he says, shit, he'd have to invent teeth. <laughs> right? And that's kind of what these women had to go through, too. Yeah. It's just like so much to get through. Yes. Great, great um, delivery mm-hmm. of the joke. And I do remember that, and it was an excellent analogy. So oh, thank you. Thank you for starting us up so strongly. Yes, you know, I'm awesome at this, you know, <laughs> just so good. Um, so, Lisa, for this one, I came up with a, a, a specific point system. Fancy. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't say it's specific. It's actually pretty general. But <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a point system, really. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> you don't totally really need arbitrary. any adjectives. Yeah, it's, a, it's an arbitrary point system. <laughs> uh, so, but it's your point system. Right. And, and there's four ways these women can get points, okay? And the four ways, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them to you, starting with the way you get the most points. 
going through until you get like the least weighted points. Okay. okay. So, so it's, a, it's a weighting yes, system. Yes. It's a weighted point system. Okay. Okay. So. So did you do like the math on all of this as you were figuring it out? No, I didn't get that into it where <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this person has four of the one type of point, six of the other type of points. But like I did consider all four things when going on. Okay, so these are just considerations, and some of them you put more emphasis on than others. But exactly. it's, it was still more of an art than a science, this whole process. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. This is still, like the last one, a total arbitrary Steve listing. Okay, okay, okay. got right. it. So th I'm not claiming that this top ten is, is fact and inarguable, right? No, 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 no. I was ju I just trying to understand your process, man. Sure, Everyone's sure. Everyone's got their ways of doing things. Fair, fair. Okay, so... Number one, most weight, all right, most important. You have some sort of like conclusion or discovery or have done something that had a massive impact on the world, regardless of your gender or its impact on gender or anything like that. It is a giant global impact. Okay. Okay, I just call those general influence points. Okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. Hi, okay, that's the most weighted. Second most important uh -huh. is I'm factoring something called funneling points. And I'm calling them funneling points because I'm basing them off of a, uh, I guess it's a psychology sociology theory. Okay. Okay. So it's like. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the theory. This is getting more scientific at every day. Right, right, right. So the funneling theory is this. Okay. Is that depending on what you look like and where you come from and what gender you are, yeah. people funnel you in a certain direction. Okay. So we're working with stereotypes, essentially. Stereotypes okay. in general. Yeah, like self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a very similar concept. So... Like, as in people treat you a certain way, yes. you, you only think that you have certain options based on how you're treated... And, and so then you go ahead and, and do exactly. those things. Because like no one tells the short Asian kid to go play basketball. Because yeah, yeah. they're not funneled to go play basketball because that's not what people see. That's not the generalization that is in front of our faces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? okay? So these women that we talk, we're going to talk about on this list, a lot of the times they were either the best at something or the first woman to do something and they did a really good job and, and therefore became in itself important mm -hmm. because little girls can look at these women and be like, oh, I can do that. Okay, so they were they were pioneers in the sense that they were showing the world it could be done by a woman. Yes. So they, were, they were the first ones to, to prove that so that hopefully the funneling um, discontinued. Yes. So okay. now we can start funneling women. So for example, I'll, I'll say this teaser. There's a lot of scientists on this list again. Mm -hmm. All right. But we associate most scientists with being male. But if you look at these women, we can be like, hey, you know, so-and-so did this. So you as a little girl, you can focus on your math and science class and be funneled to be okay. a scientist. Okay. Got it. Okay. Next. Third is something I'm calling maybe points. Mm -hmm. And maybe points are tough to judge. Because oh, yeah, it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Just inherent, Who's ever right? heard of a maybe point? Yeah. So a lot of these women had a lot of limiting factors where they had to sort of anchor themselves to men to get certain things done because of the nature of society. Or there's not a lot written about them or written by them because that's, again, not the nature of society. But revisionist historians have looked back and says, 
so-and-so is probably involved in this mm. a lot more than we realize now, but it was published in like the name of a man. Okay, but there's still a bit of, I mean, as a fair stage, it's a bit ambiguous, it's a bit vague as yes. to exactly what their contributions were and what that impact was. Yes. Okay, so maybe points. Yeah, and you'll see, because uh, I only going to get to number 10 and number 9 tonight, okay? Okay. And both of these ladies have some really intense maybe points where they both probably did more than we even realize. And you'll find out why, and then maybe points will make a lot more sense after you hear these examples. Okay, so sorry, I just want to be clear on this. So it's kind of almost like maybe it was even better points. Like there's there's room yeah. for... It's like I'm giving you extra points because you probably did this, but it's, you know, we credit it to this dude instead. Got, got it. Okay. In fact, I will give you a perfect example right now and just a not mention her example. later. Okay. All right, so one of the honorable mentions I was going to talk about was a woman named Theodora. Okay. And Theodora was an empress of the Byzantine Empire. Okay. Now, she was still married to Justinian I, who is the real emperor. Okay? But she did everything. Like, studies show us now that she was really the genius behind Justinian, who was considered this awesome ruler. But now we're able to look back at, like, documents and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, you know, different stories and accounts and stuff like that that show that she was maybe probably the one who was really, maybe probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I know. I was like, maybe she probably yeah. points. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, what is that stupid movie with Ryan Reynolds? Definitely maybe. Definitely maybe. Never seen that one. But that's yeah, me neither, definitely actually. maybe the name of the movie. Okay. Um, um, okay, so, so maybe definitely maybe points. Yes. Um, okay, it well, does help. New name, we'll call them maybe definitely points. Oh, you're switching it now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe probably. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting myself confused now. <laughs> A lot of uh, big terms going right. on here. Okay, and number four? Number four, I'm, I'm doing mothering points. And I wasn't going to do mothering points because I want to sort of stray away from this podcast of like the, or this old school and theory of like women should be mothers. However... I realize is that back in the day, this is the hand they were dealt. So if they were good mothers who raised influential children, mm -hmm. then why not give them points? That's that's what they were do. That's what their duty was. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You're just saying you get bonus points for if you did something and also raised children at the same time. No, if your bloodline was also influential. So a lot of the women we talk oh. about had actually had badass kids as well. Okay, okay, got it. So, yeah, not only were you um, an influencer, but you created humans that furthered that, that influence. Exactly. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's four. a really cool element to add. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's worth it, I think. Yeah. And the only reason it's, it's weighted so low is because, like, fathering matters, too. Right, it takes, it hopefully takes two. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, genes matter a lot, too, so where do you end the, end right. the line of influence? It's true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be, you know great great grandma sally that really had the most to do with that, <laughs> yeah sure know? exactly okay all right cool got it yeah. all right now let's do some honorable mentions okay let's do it first up golda meyer where's golda meyer from lisa israel she's from israel mm -hmm. yeah she okay. was the first female prime minister there. maybe yes. the only i believe she's the only one. yeah yeah first hmm. and only yes uh, but she has great funneling points for that reason alone, right? Right. She doesn't Absolutely. have enough overall influence points. Because what sure. she did, if like you look at like the prime minister of Golda Meir, and it looks like very similar to most prime ministers during the Cold War in Israel. 
It's like she protected Israel from all the surrounding enemies who hate her so much. You know, won a couple wars against Egypt. W- hated Israel so much. I mean, it wasn't like a sexist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hated her. Sorry, no, sorry. Yeah, hated her and hated really Israel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. no, it's, they've always had a very fraught yeah, history in terms of de- defending their borders. So, um, okay, so you're just saying she was just a, you know, she was a competent Israeli prime minister, but in terms of the impact she had or what she did, it wasn't, you know, that different than, you know, yeah. if a male had been in power. Sure. Or, you know, yes. just, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking. We shouldn't even compare it to males, just as a human. Right. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, yeah, that eyebrow reason. Yes, exactly. Except she was a bit violent. She was pretty But violent. I guess they all were. Pretty violent and aggressive, as yeah. you kind of have to be in, yeah. in that scenario. Okay, right. got it. Uh, Queen Elizabeth is next. Now, Queen Elizabeth... The original. Yeah, the the first one, Queen Elizabeth I. Because it is confusing because we refer to this current queen as just Queen Elizabeth, but... True. But you have to use context, right? I don't think... No, I know, I know. Yeah. Just just clarifying. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, so Because this current Queen Elizabeth, I mean, I watched The Crown and she looked pretty, she's a badass, man. Yeah. But, she, I she mean, is. yeah, in terms of influence, I mean... Yeah, and the, the reality here is that, like... Queen Elizabeth I was around when the Queen was the real power in England. Yeah, exactly. That's they were like a real, it. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And they were a massive figure. empire. Now they're like <laughs> yeah. a tiny She was like running the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, for sure. Queen Elizabeth is probably someone we'll eventually do her own podcast on because she is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would love to do that on her. Because yeah. we already talked a little, she was the opium wars lady, right? No, that Shit. was uh, Queen Victoria. Oh, right. Um, Maybe. Two main things. Let's do a podcast clearly because yeah. I have to learn more. <laughs> right. Uh, but the two main things that she did have a pretty huge impact is um, she defeated the Spanish Armada. Like she created a giant navy that defeated the Spanish Armada and mm. it sort of solidified the British Navy being like the top navy for like the next couple of centuries. That must have been the end of Spanish reign. It was. It was a big part of their downfall after that. Right. Um, and then she also took the church her father made, which is the Church of England, and she turned it into um, the Anglican Church, which is like the vast majority of what English people are now. They're Anglicans. They're religion. Yes. Okay. It's like a religion that's sort of a mix between, uh, it's Christianity, but it's like Protestant. It's like Catholicism light, kind of. Like, so they're still in like rituals and gold and stuff like that, but they don't believe in the Pope. But we don't need to get into Yes, yeah, a lot of detail. I don't want to. I don't confuse our listeners. Yeah, sorry. Let's just move on. Yeah, <laughs> right. but yeah, okay. So, but the reason being that she's not actual top ten is just she just got beat out by others. Yeah, I just think that her her influence was a little bit too English based, English focused. Okay, so not as much global focused. impact. Yes, and then we're going to talk about some queens, and I think they're just queens that have more of a global impact than her. Okay, got it. Um, I would like to clump together the next group. It's basically what I'm calling the American Civil Rights Women, your Harriet Tubman's, your Rosa Parks, your Bessie Coleman's, uh, even Mildred Loving from the Loving versus Virginia trial. Oh. Um, I, the problem with them, they took on a great cause. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's too American. Right. Yeah, I guess if you're thinking, again, impact, that was very much yeah. domestic policy. Yes. Yeah, that really didn't affect anyone outside the borders. Unless, you know, I mean, I'm sure there had been some influence in the sense that, like, people were seeing that it is possible, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. fight oppression. But, sure. But, yeah, nothing actually concrete, right? Right. Yeah. But how do you argue the global influence of someone like Harriet Tubman when most countries in the world had already outlawed slavery by the time she was around anyway? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Also so, that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, amazing person. Right. Global influence, maybe not there so much. Okay. Um, next, we are going to go to our homegirl, Frida Kalu. Oh, yeah. Frida. Uh, Frida. Right. Um, she is, has, she's obviously Mexican and is huge in Mexico. As huge. we experience as women. Yes. No, I was really like taken aback by how much of a presence she has, at least in Mexico City. Yeah. You I mean you feel her like the city like she's like we literally see pictures of her everywhere big historical sites like just like a lot of love and respect for her it's pretty cool yes it is very cool and and she's making a huge resurgence in America too you see her everywhere mm-hmm. she's almost become sort of like this symbol of sort of like feminism and like uh, oh, yeah. stuff like that oh you know? for sure yeah just like a symbol of a very strong woman yeah, yeah. and I just want to throw in you know my shout out to artists because they're what they do is very important and influential. It's just definitely the hardest to measure. Yes, that is quite difficult. That yeah. is true. Um, another honorable mention is a queen that many of you have probably never heard of. Her name is Queen Nazinga from Angola. And she deserves oh. her own podcast for sure. She had a fascinating life as a, a woman, a female leader in Africa. Yeah, sign me up. You have to be, right? And the big thing that she did is she actually fought off the slave trade from Europeans in Angola and her kingdom um, for 40 years or so. Wow. And she probably would have made the top 10 list if she actually saved Angola from slavery. But unfortunately, the European power just inf- overcame them, and, and, and Angola became a huge trade. Was she still in power when that happened? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, wow. she, what a she fight. Kinda, yeah. It's a shame. Uh, yes. Um, next, we have someone that I know that you know, you, you know pretty well, which is Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes, yes. She was an incredible woman. I'm actually surprised. I, I was assuming she would be in the top ten, honestly. Mm-hmm. And maybe she should be. That's all of these honorable mentions. You can make an argument for yeah. Can I you mean, can you tell us what she what she's big on, Liz? Um, well, in addition to being married to FDR, um, she I believe was the architect of human rights law in, in and and the UN system, right? Yeah. I mean for I mean I think she wrote the UN charter. Mm-hmm. Um, convened a number of really smart people in a room to to I think yes, yeah, she wrote the declaration of human rights. Um, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and, yeah, it's the architect of the UN system. That's mm-hmm. still, I mean, it's not a perfect system, but still still here today. Still yeah. still doing stuff. Right. Yeah. And next time you're fighting in a war and your enemy isn't using uh, gas as a weapon, you have Eleanor Roosevelt to thank. Yes. That's the type of thing that was on the charter for how to treat each other. Exactly. Don't use poison gas. Yes, yes. Lots of norm setting, a lot of... Mm-hmm. Out of international law. Yeah, the only reason that I didn't uh, include her on there is because she obviously has huge global influence, but I was really questioning how much power really the UN has. And this is a concept we talked about the last two podcasts, so we can move on. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just so impressive that she pulled that off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I mean, that's just. Come on. I mean, the League of Nations fell apart as we learned. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of its precursor. I mean, she 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 wrote something that lasted for. Decades and decades past her life, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Last one we're going to do, honorable mention, is a woman, I believe you say it's uh, Hypatia. Uh, she was a Greek mathematician from the 4th century. Um, she was really good at math. She's basically like the female Euclid is a great way of thinking of her, like as in like a comparison from an honorable mention from 
last top ten we did. Yeah, and Euclid was a math guy, right? Yes. Besides, I mean, you just said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, anything particularly, I can't. She remember. was really big. Well, Hypatia, we'll focus on her. Yeah. She was big on like like Wait. conics and stuff. It's Hypatia, is that how you say it? I believe so. Okay. Or Hypatia. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but she was actually ended up murdered by a bunch of Christians because she felt that all like this increase in studies of math and sciences was like an attack on Christianity. So she got murdered by a mob. Wow. Yeah. That's really Crazy sad. Stuff. Yeah. So is that why she didn't make the list? She, no. She got herself I just killed? I think that she didn't have, like, if Euclid's not going to make the list, I don't think I can justify her making the list. I would just need more than her from, from study of conics. You know what I mean? Because we, we have, we're, we're going to talk about some badass chicks. Study of conics? Yeah, that's what she was studying. The cones and stuff. That's what she, like. Oh, is that what people, do people know that? If someone told me the study of conics, I'd be like, did, did you mean comics? Oh, no, no. I think that's a known thing. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like a new field that I... super good at math, so. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. And, and pronunciation. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so she did the study of conics, and you're just saying that, that while that was impressive, it's not, uh, you know, It's not changing. enough to top this list. We're going to talk about two scientists tonight that did, like, way more influential things than that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Speaking of the top ten. Okay. Should we do it? Should we get into it? Should we start it? Yeah, let's go. Let's build up. Let's right. go. All right, number ten. But oh, also uh, congratulations to our honorable mention um, awardees. <laughs> yeah, right. You lived you gr- we lived great lives, and you did great things for women. So yes. thank you for your contributions. There you go. And on to um, to the people that beat you out. <laughs> <laughs> on to the betters. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about our number 10 spot coming in. Um, number 9 and 10 are pretty interchangeable. I think they could be one or the other. I mean, they're both British scientists who lived in the early 18s, um, early 1800s. Okay. okay. Now, the first one I decided number 10 should be a woman named Mary Anning. Okay. okay. Have you ever heard of Mary Anning? Uh, I have not. Okay. So she's pretty not that famous. We're going to talk about why she's not that famous. Okay. Incredible story. So sit back, relax, and check out the life of Mariani. It's awesome. All right? All right. Well, I mean, I'm already sit back and relax. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll just continue check, to listen. Check, check. <laughs> All right, so she was born in this area called Lyme Regis in England. And Lyme Regis in England is a very poor community. And those two things, being in Lyme Regis specifically and being poor specifically, are going to have these huge impacts on this woman's life. Okay? Hmm. Lyme Regis is a coastal town. Poor people lived in coastal towns back in the day. Rich folk lived inland. You know why the rich folk moved inland, Liz? Um, I don't know. They wanted shitty views. <laughs> good farmland. Oh. Good farmland. All right, so There's the, not good farmland on the coast? No. The beach, beaches was con- considered terrible land because you can't grow Well, right. I mean, right where the sand is, yeah. But I didn't know if, like, you know, you could get some... I, I, my brain's going weird places with like you know the sea salt air you know creating no, more tasty vegetables. So salt is really bad for growth. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, burn and salt the fields. Yeah, right. yeah, you gotta yeah okay, yeah. you gotta grow it on the in the inland and then salt it on on the coast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Cool. Now, um, the, the the coast was for poor fishermen essentially, right? Well, that's kind of a nice perk though. I mean, if yeah. you you know if now I feel like. 
you know, if rich people have all the best real estate in terms of views. So at least, you know, if you weren't making tons of money, you got, you know, a great dramatic yeah. cliff to look at. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. mm -hmm. Now, in Lyme Regis, specific to this area, there was a bunch of, of rock that was really easy to break down. That's what their sort of earth was made out of. So you can go climbing around on the cliffs of Lyme Regis and it would be super dangerous because you would pull down rocks everywhere. So it was just... Yeah, really soft. Yes. Okay. Soft rock, right? Okay. And within that, there was all these ancient fossils that were fossilized in the rock. Okay. Right? And all the poor people that lived in Lyme Regis, uh -huh. they didn't do anything about it. They, they didn't care, right? It was just like crap that they saw every day. It'd be like someone living in America and like being weirded out by grass or something. You know what I mean? Like they just didn't notice it. It was everything. Yeah. No, I, th I think that that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you kind oh, yeah. of accept whatever is put in front of you. So. Oh, absolutely. And if it's everywhere, you're like, well, I don't know. The rich people aren't going after this. And it's just, <laughs> you know, the dime a dozen. Right. So. Exactly. Now, something's going to change, right? Okay. And I love the little side story of what changes. Uh, okay. What makes the change happen. And this, this little side story is dedicated to my friend Devin, who lives in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, you remember yeah. Devin? I, yeah, I love Devin. Yeah, yeah. High school buddy of mine. Uh, also a great mother. Uh, oh, she's a mama? Yeah, she's oh. a mother of, uh, I think, little Gus. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's so cute. Yeah, Adorable I guess it has been a while since we visited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't been back down there. Yeah, you got a lot. You got to work after we left. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but she gave me this really good idea to do basically focus on like uh, quack medical experience experiments throughout history. Oh, boy. That sounds cool, but also stressful. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. But this one is a like not terrible one. So some quack doctor started talking about how salt water could cure what ails you no matter what it was. Yeah, so, I can see how you can yeah. sell that. You got lupus? Go float in the ocean and drink some seawater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And people believed it out first. Yeah, why not? I mean, nothing else is working. Right. And like rich inland folk, they're going to start heading to the coast. And what these poor people in uh, Lyme Regis do, which is brilliant, is they start selling these fossils when they realize that these inland rich folk had never seen them before, and they think it's really cool. So they go fossil hunting, and as they as the little side jobs, they start selling these little fossils huh. to the rich folk. Because they're all in town from this, this yeah. quack doctor. Right, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Now, poor little Mary, her father dies, which is tough for poor families because in these traditional families, the father's the only dude making money. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So she's pretty in a, in a sticky situation. She is. Her whole family is in a sticky situation. How, how big's the family? Uh, is there know. a mother? I, uh, yes. There's a mother, but there's something weird about her mother, and then I believe it's just her and her younger brother. Okay. I don't know how many siblings exactly she has. Okay. Um, but she's brilliant. She's like this smart little girl of, of the town. Okay. So and everyone knows her to be. Everyone knows very her smart. smart. Even though she's educated, they don't get educated. So they're uneducated. Her, their only education is on Sunday schools. And so that's probably just very religious focused. Right? Super religious focused. Okay. So they probably learn to read there, but maybe. That's about, else. Yeah. They'll okay. teach you how to read and write and stuff like that. Okay. But they're not going to teach you like the nuances of science and stuff. Okay. Okay. So she's just getting educated once a week at Sunday school and it's apparent to everyone in the town that she's pretty bright. Yes. Okay. And it's a very communal town, which comes important very soon. Okay. All right. Now, her brother is going to come back from the beach one day hunting for fossils. 
and show Mary this skull. Okay? Mm. And he thinks, look at this big old like crocodile skull or alligator skull or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was she knew it was very special. Mm-hmm. And she was like, take me to that now. Like where you found it. Yes. Yeah. So he leads her out there, shows it to him, and they get this uh, like the, the younger brother and the other little kids around, they want to start picking it apart. It's like this gold mine for fossils, right? And she has the idea of, no, we're not going to pick this thing apart. We are going to take it apart. Like, like, like you they just were literally chiseling. like... Chisel it off so you have... Like a, a rib. Yeah, so you have a rib and you sell the rib. And then you have another rib, you sell that rib. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so they're about to like take some, what I'm assuming is some like old dinosaur that they think is like a weird crocodile... Um, split it to bits and sell it off that way. Yes. Uh, okay. And she's like, hold up, you crazies. Yes. This could probably be a lot more valuable if we kept it intact. Exactly. Yeah. So she gets the whole community and lots of men and everything. <laughs> can you ima- sorry. Can you imagine if humans were that way, though? They would prefer to just destroy something so they can all have a little bit of it. Like, can you imagine if they were like, we're just going to chop the Mona Lisa into like... 5,000 parts, then everyone will get a little piece. It'll be great. I, I think art would change drastically. It, yeah, yeah. There'd be a lot of weird challenges to that <laughs> approach. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, sorry. So, so she's like, bros, yes. stick with me. We're going we're gonna to keep this intact. Right. Okay. So they okay. uncover what becomes a 17-foot Statue of some crazy ass. Statue, animal. skeleton. Skeleton, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> skeleton of some crazy ass animal that they started calling Mary Onning's skeleton. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, that's nice that they gave her credit. Yeah. They you did know, they weren't credit. like you know, just being like, oh, this is like the 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 bros skeleton. Yeah. Don't worry though. This is going to be the only time that she gets credit for for stuff. Uh, <laughs> so don't get too excited. Okay. Right? Here's what's going to happen to that skeleton. Okay. okay. She's going to take it to her stand with the Lord, like where she sells fossils. Yeah. The Lord is going to see it. The Lord of like who owns like the cliff or whatever. And she goes, I'm going to give you six months wages if you sell me that stick. Uh, God, why do I keep saying statue? Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> skeleton. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he buys it and then he, he brings it to like a, what you, we would now call a museum in London. Okay. okay. And he puts it up there. Is that still on display in London? I wonder. I wonder, it probably is. Oh, I wonder if it's at the um, shoot. What is it? I think it's the, called the British Museum. They have, okay. Anyways, I'm gonna Google that later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So he brings it to a museum in London and mm-hmm. pays her six months' wages for it. Yeah. So she's like, "This is dope." Yeah. All right. So to her, all it is is money to start funding more fossil hunting. Yeah. Yeah. She but had what, a little seed fund. Yes. But what that skeleton does is causes chaos in London that she is not aware is happening. Okay. Oh, so this is okay. So this is one of the first of its kind ever. Yes. Okay. And it's going to cause chaos in the academic, scientific, sort of geological community, worldwide or in England. In just in England for now. Okay. Okay. And and then the religious community. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So scientific community. Let's talk about them real quick. Okay. They don't know what it is. They're arguing whether it is a lizard or a fish or a lizard or a fish. You know what they name it in Latin? In Latin? The Latin term they give it? I know. Lizard fish. <laughs> it's called like an ictosaur, I believe is how you pronounce it. It okay. just means lizard fish. 
Um, okay. <laughs> and what they're, they're questioning here is whether it still exists. Okay? Oh, like if it's still a living creature. Yeah. So I have an interesting concept for you. Okay. All right. Back in the day, if you found the fossils of something, Mm-hmm. The assumption was the animal still lived. It's just no longer where you found the fossils. So if you found, for totally random wow. example, a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton in the middle of England, yeah. okay, you assumed that there was just still a Tyrannosaurus Rex living off in like Southeast Asia or something. So they had already, wait, what? They, they knew that like we, had, we were one, con- one continent at one point? They figured that out? No. Okay. They would just... Well, I guess you don't really think that far. You're just yeah, like, you yeah, there's probably birds this. everywhere. Yeah. And they have so much less information to work with than we do now. Okay. So they're not like thinking of, oh, Pangea. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this animal's gone. It doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, but it lives somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, if you haven't really fully grasped the cycle of evolution and extinction, you know, I yeah, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, well, right. this thing is dead, but like that doesn't mean they're all dead. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, but they are start thinking that this animal is so weird and so strange and different that it's probably new and it probably no longer exists, which is like this crazy new revelation, which in turn causes a crazy revelation in the religious community because the common belief among the religious people back in the day uh-huh. is that the... And what is this year? Sorry, what is back in the this day? This is early 1800s. Okay, okay, sorry. Most people, if you're religious, you think the world is 6,000 years old. Because that's sort of what the Bible, some dude went back and did the math, some theologian did the math, and like did a, read a bunch of evidence through the Bible and concluded that the earth was created somewhere around the year uh, 4000 uh, B.C. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so they, wow, they yeah. were really off. Yeah, they were way off. Yeah. And this was like sort of, they saw it, again, this is a common theme in history as an attack on Religion on there, you know. Yeah, it was like evidence right, that, that this commonly held belief hold was wrong. That's really funny. Although I mean, really, yeah. I mean, how could you know? It's so difficult to ascertain those things. And yeah, I mean, I feel like I still read articles to this day where they're like, "Whoopsie! Scientists realize Earth one billion years older than yeah, previously exactly, thought." Exactly, yeah, yeah it's like, like so hard to know. That is the problem with science: is that like if you're a scientific and logical thinker, mm-hmm. like you want to take science as as fact yeah but that stuff changes as technology improves well yeah, technology improves in, in terms of ascertaining facts yes <laughs> yeah like exactly. yeah as you we are uncovering more and realizing right. some assumptions are false yes um, tough part about being scientific right yes, yeah so that is like sort of the main thing that this 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 skeleton gets her pretty famous it causes like a big sort of stir up Okay, and so this it's Mary's skeleton, so it's very much associated with her at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, academia is freaking out because they're probably just excited, and um, r- religious institutions are freaking out because they feel it is like an, ex- an existential threat. Yes. Okay. Now, she's not done, though. She doesn't just discover this dinosaur. Okay. She goes back to Lyme Regis. Actually, I shouldn't say that. She never left Lyme Regis. She only left Lyme Regis once in her whole life and was like, go to London for a couple of weeks. Unrelated to the skeleton or related well, to no, the Well, no, she's going to become famous and like they're going to want her to go to London for certain excellences. Okay, got stuff, it, got right? it. Uh, but she's going to discover a pterosaur, a pterosaur, like as in like a pterodactyl. Oh, my God. Yeah. She, she, wow. She yeah. found it. 
a flying dinosaur. Yes, and that's that so cool. Also, freaking blew people's minds. Uh, yeah, it still blows my mind. I'm like, are you <laughs> sure that that was a thing? I mean, can you imagine looking up in the sky and being like, "Holy flying fucksticks!" <laughs> yeah, that's that's a predatorial lizard with yeah. wings. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. Okay. So she finds that, and of course they freak out. Yeah. Yeah, and this is gonna like really really enhance oh these animals don't live anymore because the thing had 26 i think it was vertebrae in its no 36 vertebrae in his its neck oh which is 20 sorry and the most any living animal that they had found and only 23 and like most birds huh. this thing had 36 hmm. so they're like this is just more evidence that there was creatures that existed that no longer exist and that we need to rethink how old the Earth is. Wow. But does this lend itself to evolutionary science, or yes. is that more Darwin? Let's talk about this now. I was going to okay. talk about this at the end, because part of the real importance of Mary is that she is going to, even though she's before, she precedes Charles Darwin in writing The Origin of the Species. Yeah. Charles Darwin's The Origin of the Species largely focuses on evidence now. Like, birds on this island have beaks like this so they can eat that nut from that tree. Evidence from his time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, if you apply her skeletons, her findings, her fossils that she had uncovered throughout the years. Yeah. Okay. If you apply that stuff to Mm -hmm. Charles Darwin, then you're sort of providing this timeline of evolution. We're like... Mm -hmm. Maybe that this animal doesn't exist anymore because it couldn't adapt to X, Y, and Z changing. Hmm. Okay. And okay, but it, was he influenced by her? As far as I know, not really. I don't think there was much of a connection. Charles. Darwin he just was, had his own set yeah, of. He was of like an observer and a writer. Gaining. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then is it fair to say then some other scientists yes. kind of pieced both of their work yes. together? Exactly. So the ultimate influence of Mary Oming is mm-hmm. that she was kind of the first in paleontology, mm-hmm. one of the first sort of like professional archaeologists. Right. And then wow. she's also going to sort of be tied very closely with Charles Darwin in getting everyone to sort of accept the concept, offering ancient proof of the concept of evolution. Huh. That's really, really interesting. Wow, that that part is actually the biggest deal, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, of course, like paleontology and archaeology, that's really impressive. But that feels like um, actually kind of what we talked about in the last top ten with men, which is like, is some of the stuff just inevitability, right? Like, Mm -hmm. who isn't gonna? I mean, it's like it feels like such like a instinctual thing, especially for kids to dig up stuff and like you know look at it. But but really to to have uncovered it. Um, at the time that she did and see its importance, share it with who she shared it with, and then really what it led to, the, the, the questioning of, of how old the earth was and how we got here and how things evolve. I mean, that's so huge. I mean, that shifts your entire understanding of how the world works. Yes. To remember that. Mm-hmm. Just to be totally clear. Yeah. We can't focus on inevitabilities, right? She was the first to do it. That's important. Oh, that was your point from before. Yes. Don't focus on it. I'm Do like, we should definitely focus on it. That was the takeaway. <laughs> no, the um, rule was, for the rankings at least, is that you can't focus too much on inevitable. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, um, no, but no, I mean, I think that that is still very, very cool. Yeah. 
But so, but you're saying she didn't get credit for anything else in the sense that... Yeah, so let's talk about where her, a lot of her maybe points come from. Because okay. like, we just established her general points. Yeah. Her maybe points are going to come from the fact that she was not allowed to be part of the London Geographic Society, I believe it was called. Okay. So what was going on is that she would find these fossils and then she would essentially have to give them to men, sell them to men. And then the men would claim that they were discover this fossil and this is their findings scientifically from this fossil. Ugh. So she was never allowed into the society and everyone was like constant. She's like she was it. She was the one throwing all the it fossils into the, their scene and she wasn't allowed to be a part of it. So she was actually seen as almost like a finder's fee. It's like, we'll give you a pay cut. Like here's some money. I'll take it from here. So she wasn't even considered like a scientist. I consider her a scientist now, but she was really the doing the work and writing a lot of her beliefs based on her findings. So she was analyzing her findings. She wasn't just finding yeah, them, yeah. and like she, she was. was trying to also she ascertain was. the meaning and the origin and yes. whatnot. Okay, so they just didn't give her a chance yeah. to work on her own uh, discoveries. Yes, that's bullshit. Yeah. Obviously, and there's even a story of a scientist coming to her with a fossil, and she and he was like, "What is this? Like this animal doesn't make sense scientifically." And she was like, oh, well, what you're looking at is, uh, like, animal shit in a certain animal. And this is sort of its, like, pelvic area where the shit would come out. He goes, no, that can't be it. Because as you can see, it can't fit through the hole. And she had to explain, yeah, dummy. Because back then, the shit wasn't fossilized rock. It was malleable so they can come through. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then like ran off being like, hey, this is what animal, this animal shit looks like. Like an owl pellet. Yeah, it's a very similar concept. What? So she like largely also helped pioneer the concept of how much you can learn from the byproducts of animals because you can like see what their diets were and find out what type of plants lived back in the day too. All right. Well, that's some bullshit. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Did she yeah. did she like try to join the geographical society? They wouldn't let her. So like she still wanted to contribute to science. So that's why she just gave them anyway. It's it's hard for me to say. Like yeah. for to be honest with you, the main driver is who needed money. She was still oh, poor. Duh. She was a poor woman. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, I forgot and about that. It's a hard, hard to be immobile. You know, mobile like that. Like so um, she she became wealthy for Lyme Regis selling the fossils. Yeah. But like between what she deserved and like you know. All right, all right. So, but, like, how did these, like, male scientists, were they just, like... So, let's, I, let's, so I found I, this dinosaur. I mean, how did they attribute it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I stumbled upon a dinosaur, and uh, now I have these great findings. Uh, so. No, I don't... Here's my back. You can pat it. Uh, I, um, I, I guess they just said they found the sample in a museum. I don't know. But, like, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't want to get too much into what the men were doing to prevent her from getting credit, because it's kind of just a general running theme. So if we focused yeah. on this for too long, we'd be beating a dead horse. Got so it. let's let's move on. I think. Okay. Well, well done, Mary. Yeah. You're a lovely lady, and mm -hmm. I keep thinking, this is not sophisticated, but uh, I keep thinking of Laura Dern and Jurassic Park when I think of her. Dude, that's hell yeah! Image. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I like that, dude. Um, that's kind of like I definitely was thinking Jurassic Park when I was researching her. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. But uh, let's move on. Okay. Number nine will probably go by a lot faster. 
Okay. Mostly because I don't understand her science as much. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, don't underestimate my questioning, but I'll, I'll yeah, try to yeah. keep it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So another scientist, same time period, early 1800s, same country, British. Her name is Ada Lovelace. Ada Lovelace. Sorry. Ada Lovelace. ADA. Okay. Love. That's a cute name. It is. It's a nice name. She was apparently not a cute person, though. Like physically, like no, she was kind of um, rigid and, you know, like raised very like rigidly religious. Okay, so you're not talking about her looks. No, no, no. I just meant like no, her not demeanor. a cute personality. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes. stark personality. Yeah. No. I'm not just saying this to like historically name drop. <laughs> okay. Okay. This actually Isn't is that important. this entire podcast is historical name <laughs> yeah, dropping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but this is actually very relevant. Okay. Okay. Her dad was a very famous English poet that we now just call Lord Byron. Okay. Did he write anything I would know? No, I don't know anything that Lord Byron wrote. I've heard of one, but I know he's super famous. Okay. And studying all these women from the English early 19th century helped me understand why he was so famous. Okay. Okay. Now, that's her dad. Okay. Okay, so she got a famous dad. Yes. He is like the world's worst father. Like if I was doing a ten top ten list of worst fathers, like he could maybe be on this list. Not if you use what your one of your point rankings, which is did your offspring have an influence? That, that <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming she had an influence if she's she number nine. I don't know what she did yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, so he was yes. a little shithead. Yes. And it was everything from like substance abuse to going into great debt to what he was best at, which is infidelity. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Lord Byron banged everyone. <laughs> he banged chicks, banged dudes, okay. and even impregnated a merry woman, married woman, Ooh. who was his half sister. Ooh. Yes. All righty then. So this dude. This dick's did this dude's dick did not discriminate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a very woke dick. It didn't matter. <laughs> like gender, family. I'm not a man whore. <laughs> I'm just not discriminating. <laughs> yeah. Not a racist bone in my dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. That's that's who Lord Byron was, right? Okay. So obviously uh, Ada's mother hated this. Yeah. So she told Ada that she would never become a poet. She was not allowed to study English. She was not allowed to study poetry. She studied the academic opposite of English and, and literature and poetry, which was math and science, which <laughs> was extremely rare for women. Wow. In the early 1800s. So this all this all came from a seedling of mother's revenge. Yes, exactly. Uh, Hell yeah. hath no fury, right? Uh, wow. That okay, is all right. Form, right. Yes. So what she is in a nutshell, Lisa, mm -hmm. is the first computer programmer. I'm just going to give it away now, and then I'm going to fill you in on some details. Wow, the first, the very first. first ever computer programmer was a was a lady. Was a lady, which is like hysterical when you think about the gender imbalance in the field of yes, computing now. Yes, it really the irony is strong there, yes. and wow, oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's got. Wow, that's such a cool thing, and she has a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> now let's let's talk about this a little bit. Do you remember Charles Babbage, who was, I believe, number eight on my list? From yeah, yeah, yeah. he invented the calculator, which was the precur per precursor to the regular computer, which Alan Alan Turing 
Yes, 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 exactly. That's exactly who that was. Let's not call it a calculator, though. It was, it was, it was more than that. It, it was like an advanced calculator, like a TI eighty three. That's something. what I was imagining. The okay. heavy, expensive ones that you, everyone was like, "Tell your mom, dad, yes. you have to buy this calculator." And everyone was like, "That's so expensive. Yes. Buy it on eBay for three dollars less." <laughs> sure. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Looking back on that, I, I those skills did not yeah. really help me out in my adult life. Yeah. It was a waste of money. And this is an important machine. Okay, yeah. Right. Well, it wasn't for me personally, but like... Okay, all right, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> okay, yes. So... Um, so this is, this is in Veen. Yes, this he had a very invention. impressive calculator, yes. yeah. Right. She sees it, Loveless. Yeah. It blows her mind. Yeah. It makes her think that she wants to focus on this sort of concept of creating, calculating, and processing machines. Hmm. That's going to be her life's work, Right. Then Babbage, he's going to want to get rid of that machine. What did he call it? The thinking engine or something like that? I should have looked it up one last time. Sorry, folks. But he's going to say, I'm going to make this obsolete. It doesn't do enough. And there's too many, obsolete. There's too many errors and it doesn't do enough. I'm going to create something called the analytical engine, something that can do numbers and, and not like way more advanced mathematics. Yeah, like numbers this like time. Like numbers. <laughs> Like numberously, <laughs> that intensive math, right? Oh god, it's so funny when you try to explain math and science. Um, okay, so so he's like, all right, I'm doing version two. I didn't like the first version, yeah. but but Ada doesn't like know it, about it's this. It's not good enough. Yeah, he's like, it could be better. Yes. And Ada finds out about it. She finds out about the the new the new age generation. Yes, new generation. Yeah, because they're in. A, they're both both these people are rich lords, so they're like a very small little community in, in England. Oh, so she like knows him. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, She's like, oh, bro. Their families are close and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She's like, you made that? I'm but in that. It's still improper for her. Uh, so she has to do this delicate balance of playing this whole dance her entire life of being a proper lady. Uh huh. While also doing this very unfeminine thing, which is studying mathematics. Okay, so what you just mean she did it behind closed doors and, and whatnot? Yes and no. It wasn't like a secret. She just had, she couldn't write papers on it, for example, and uh, publish them. Got She's it. a lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she would have to do everything by herself and then like take notes on it and then like she could go like dance around talking to Babbage about it. Got stuff. it, got it, got it. And Babbage was mostly supportive of her? Yeah, Babbage was cool. He was like what yeah. you would call like an ally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense though. I mean, if you can bond over something that you both know, I feel like there's mutual respect. Yeah. So. And what she's going to do is, like, to, to, to grossly oversimplify, is that she writes the first computer programming code. It's called Note G. Note G. And it's all theoretical, Lisa. It's never, like, this analytical machine was never invented. Oh. She was never able to put this computer program to work. Okay, because but, he didn't actually finish. His yeah, story. it was all in the theory. It's just like their minds were too far ahead of the technology available to them. Got it. Like there was no microprocessor or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Exactly. So like Turing comes up with a more actual like like something more similar to a computer like a hundred years later. Uh, okay. And Ada Lovelace is this huge like her Note G was this huge influence on how it is created. So did Turing like study her stuff? Yes. And on top of this, she came up, like, she was the only person who ever looked at Babbage's machine and took it to this next level, which I can't even, like, describe to you how revolutionary thinking this was for the time period, okay? okay. So you replace these numbers with anything, 
and your machine can do a lot more than just calculations. For example, you replace numbers with musical notes and you have a machine that can create music. So she creates the first 808s and makes Kanye West famous. Right? She's responsible for so much. Yes. Yeah. Wow. She says you can change out numbers and use colors and says that these machines can be able to create their own images. Right? Yeah. And this shit was revolutionary, dude. She's like, you like can, computers could generate anything for you fools. Yeah. Next wow. level stuff. Next level stuff. Right? Wow. That's so impressive. Uh, good for America. We recognized how important she was as the computer programming that at our Department of Defense, including the uh, air traffic controllers, mm -hmm. they, until very, very recently, I'm talking within like the last year, I think it was, mm -hmm. used their computer programming code that they used was called Ada. Oh, named for Ada. Really? Oh, I'm Classic glad they Ada. gave her a shout out. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, that's freaking, I mean, she's number one in my mind right now, so I gotta, I'm excited <laughs> to hear the rest, because yes. that's are, so cool. This is a strong start. For ten and Super so, strong. So, so. I'm gonna say I've definitely. Yeah. I mean, she's cooler than Mary. I mean, I love Mary, but like, I mean, it's one thing to find something and see its importance; another thing to invent something that is important. Yes, her mind was probably like just one of the most brilliant minds we've ever had, right? Yeah, just like, that's so cool. So intense. And I would actually like to dedicate that, ironically, to a man, <laughs> uh, your father, oh. uh, because he was kind of like, I had her like as high as number four at one point, then I kicked her off entirely, then I made her an honorable mention, and then after talking with your dad, he was like, I really think you should probably, like, she was like, because, you know, your dad's in the tech stuff, and she's it's just cute. huge in the tech world. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Nice choice, Dad. I'm with you. <laughs> yes. So um, we are getting pretty long-winded here. And we are. That's my people. fault. Yeah. Um, so let's sign off. But before I sign off, I want to give two very important shout-outs. Okay. One of them is to a podcast called The History Chicks. Okay. Um, two ladies talking ladies in history. And everyone we talk about in this top ten list, at least most of them, you can go listen to a 90-minute podcast with all sorts of background information on their lives. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. they're not as much talking about like the influence and lasting impact and the rankings as I am. It's like literally, here's this really incredible woman. Here's her life. Okay, got it. So, and so you pulled from that. Yes. Well, thank you for the... And for the one more. Two women that do... Um, it's called Stuff They Didn't Teach You in History Class, I think so. Okay. It's called Also Two Women. A lot of the people we talk about um, were in here. Specifically a great one on Ada Lovelace because she isn't taught as much in, in classes as she should be. Huh. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. And I love that they're all ladies. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, Good ladies. Stuff. Yeah. So let's get out of here. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Steve, and I was a history teacher. And my name is Lisa, and I married him. <laughs>